Welcome to Course Stories, produced by the Instructional Design and New Media Team of EdPlus at Arizona State University. In this podcast, we tell an array of course design stories alongside other ASU Online designers and faculty. On today's course story, what the team has done to make it something that you want to know more, you want to see how other people are interacting, you want to see how your decisions are impacting the room at large and how you can help the greatest amount of people based off of the values that you have. This is much closer to what our original vision and really hits our original vision of what we wanted the the online asynchronous experience to be for our students. Because that's really the challenge is that we're not meeting over Zoom. We're not meeting in person. This is an immersive experience that's done at any time, at any place, all over the world. And they're still getting that immersion and still getting that experience, which is an incredible challenge you know, for this meeting. And I think it's knocked out of the park in what we envisioned. Hi, I'm Mary Loader, an instructional designer from ASU Online. I'm Ricardo Leon. I'm a media specialist at the same place. Yeah, we work together. Let's get on with the show. Okay. What are we doing here? We're going to do number four. Okay. This is geodesign, right? You know what would be fun if you like opened up that thing and it made that noise? That's what I was planning on doing. What are you doing, Mary? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to do. Oh, okay. So I got it queued up. Okay. I think it'll work. Whoa. Rad. What are you doing, Mary? It already started. Cool. Well, I'm playing the geodesign game. Oh, cool. Yeah. I figure if it's at the beginning of the course and you don't have to have much subject matter knowledge, <laughs> it's right up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what course are we talking about? The Geodesign course, G-I-S-P-U-P-451, Geodesign. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's what we're talking about today. Who are we talking with? Well, okay. So first of all, we have some amazing people from EdPlus that are not only on the instructional design and new media team, which is typically where we pull from. Mm -hmm. They're from IXD, the Immersive Experience Design Team, which is a fabulous team, a very smart, super design mindful aesthetically pleasing type of minds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Orion and Kendall are joining us from the Immersive Experience Design Team. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Christine Moore, you know, mm-hmm. a fan favorite from IDNM. Yeah. Um, she helped with the conversion from one platform into the one they're using now. And then we also have Jonathan Davis, mm-hmm. who's one of the instructors for this course and helped ideate the entire experience. Mm. Really cool. I'm very excited. And also, give me a sec because I'm going to play this game. So essentially, listener, what Mary is doing is she's this is a simulation of a community, a fictitious city named Orion. Orion. Good timing. I'm reading it right now. Mm-hmm. It looks like Tempe, but it's not. It's the city of Orion, not to be confused with Orion. It's Orion, <laughs> like to, to the look constellation. That, check out the show notes to get an, a real handle on what what Mary Orion is talking and about. Orion, the difference between Orion and Orion, it's definitely not influenced by the designer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And it sounds like Christine's one of the characters in here too. I can't wait to. Oh yeah, she plays some voices come into contact in there. With her. So yeah, listeners, get ready for that. We're gonna have that conversation go on, and we invite oh, you I'm to go. Oh, I'm in here too. It's actually named Mary. Is it by you? Now, I mean, it's not me, but maybe they were influenced by me. Oh, cool. Who knows? Looks nothing like me, but maybe. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hold on to that. You are the only Mary. Ever. Ever. No, I'm just kidding. There was another Mary who was actually a designer for this course previously uh, who helped with the Muzzy Lane stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So on the screen, they do little sections of the map, and it tells you where you're going to be making decisions throughout the workshop, which is, you know, that experience of collaboration between all of those stakeholders Mm -hmm. and the constituents that will be within there that you're representing. See, 
So you're doing like a needs analysis with them, I eventually would imagine. But this mm-hmm. is like the beginning module. So you're just getting an idea of like where the stakeholders might be, mm-hmm. who you might want to pull into these collaborative conversations. This is really cool. Yeah. And it's a choose your own adventure. Certainly you can put out different policies or different suggestions for policies and see how the community reacts to that. And there are visual cues to tell you how they're feeling about it. Oh, yeah. This one just goes, hey, did you consider the mindset of the person you're talking to? Are they open to compromise or are they limited in their compromisation? That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing open to compromise because I'm an optimist. Okay. We will be, of course, as always, interjecting. But we've also included in this episode a little bit of audio. So you're going to hear Jonathan actually experience this workshop for the first time. And we also invite you, listener, to go to our Teach Online article and follow the link and experience the workshop for yourself. Oh, you select an avatar when you get in there. How fun. You name yourself and you select an avatar. Well, I've always wanted to be a blonde. Let's go. All right, folks. Mary's deep into it. So we're going to get on with the show. Hi, everyone. My name is Christine Moore, and I am the instructional designer for GISPUP 451. The course is Geodesign and Urban Planning. And today around the podcast table, we have... Jonathan Davis, an instructor in the School of Geographical Sciences and Urban Planning and the instructor for this course. My name is Orion Ratliff, the Immersive Experience Design Manager at EdPlus. Hi, I'm Kendall Slaughter, and I'm a senior immersive designer on the Immersive Experience team at EdPlus. All right. So in fall of 2022, this course is going to make history with one of the first collaborations with the EdPlus instructional design team and the immersive experience design team at EdPlus. We work together with Jonathan, the instructor of the course, on creating this new experience. Jonathan, this is actually the new, the newest version of the workshop. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how this experience came about in the course and, and kind of what were the origins of this experience? So this course is co-designed by myself and Dr. Elizabeth Wentz, and we both originally learned about geodesign and experienced geodesign by participating in a live workshop, hands-on experience as participants, as stakeholders. And we felt that by being participants, by seeing the, the result of a workshop, that we were able to much easier understand the behind the scenes elements and what went into conducting a geodesign workshop and in turn understanding the core concepts of being a geodesign facilitator as we studied this subject. So for this course, as an online course, we wanted to be able to offer students an opportunity to have that experience before diving into the material. So to be able to connect the dots between what we're talking about in the textbook, what we're talking about in our lectures, and what a real world experience feels like and what their participants as a facilitator would um, experience. And geodesign itself is a very specific term. I mean, I know myself as a complete urban planning novice. I didn't know exactly what geodesign was. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about what that specifically means? So geodesign as a elevator definition is it's geography-led design. It's understanding your environment. It's understanding the geophysical and cultural values tied to space and place. And it's designing within the constraints of both the social and the environmental limitations of the environment with a workshop 
in geodesign. It's understanding how your earth processes run, your cultural processes run, and making decisions within those constraints. And within this workshop experience, we anticipate what would be suitable plans for a given geographic area. But what we as experts might believe are suitable could change rapidly as we get more information from the community, from the key stakeholders in the community. So we also include a participatory approach to get more community value, more community input to understand what are the needs on the ground for the people who occupy the space and not necessarily what experts would think were the ideal space. So it can be a both a scientific and a community-based approach that's ultimately led by geography. That's a fantastic description, and I have light bulbs going off in my brain right now. Geography-led design and everything that encompasses those terms in that area. So what do you hope students walk away with from this class, or what are they expected to learn? Now, the workshop experience that the students will be participating in are actually just a small percentage of the course, and it it's in Module 1, and it really introduces this idea of how to design around other stakeholders what's going on in the community, what services are available in the community. So beyond that, beyond the experience, what are students going to be learning in the class? So geodesign, what we hope people learn from this class, students learn from this class, is collaborative design using science as a foundation for decision support, but also using your group, your experts, your community to make decisions that can benefit the greatest amount of people with the least amount of negative impact on your environment. So when you're going into this course, it's not just experts designing something, it's being able to work with minds from different perspectives, from different walks of life that occupy a target design area and being able to work with them and make informed decisions based off of community needs, but also based off of what is constrained by the environment, what's allowed by the environment. Um, So basically being able to work with people in a design approach. It's not a top-down approach. Ideally, it's a collaborative approach, and it's not siloed in one discipline. It's including many disciplines. With the literature, it specifically identifies design professionals, geospatial technology experts and geographers, scientists, information technology, and community participants. Those are the four main groups that we wish to bring in on a geodesign process because experts can provide knowledge, community can provide values, Plannings provide, you know, expertise in design and information technology uh, professionals allow immediate impact simulation. You get immediate uh, understanding because you do all this analytical work to understand impacts on potential designs prior to the workshop. And when you make a decision, you have done all your analysis previously and your stakeholders, your group can see what that impact is on a short term and long term design. So you can make informed decisions based off all the work that was done previously. And the people that need to be there that need to make decisions can see it in real time or as close to real time as possible. Information technology also allows people in this in this online environment particular, instead of it being like Dr. Wentz and I were in a room doing a geodesign workshop, you know, technology is is continuing to improve. And as we've experienced through this pandemic, you are able to work from different states, from different neighborhoods, from different countries and collaborate. And that's the future of geodesign is to have experts from around the world and people that in the community might not be able to show up to a room, but they can participate from their home, from a computer, from a library to be able to have their voice heard and have an impact on the decisions. 
And so you've mentioned collaboration in different ways a couple of different times. And so I'm wondering, is that need for collaboration or that desire to give students an authentic experience to collaborate, is that really at the heart of how this workshop experience simulation came about in the course? Yes. Uh, you know, many instances we talk about in course, it's like, this is how it should be. And that's how many design, you know, top down design approaches. This is what it should look like. When you're in a workshop, you have people get in your face telling you what it should be from their perspective, which can be the complete opposite of what you want. And we want this experience to show that there are many values in a design approach. There are many different ideas on what a community should look like and how you can use scientific decision support, community knowledge, and just talking face-to-face or talking over the computer to be able to come to a compromise decision and come to something that benefits the most people. And that's a great point. The workshop was not designed to be the course. Students are, are not taking your course so that they can practice being in a workshop. The workshop is actually an activity in module one that sets up how students might desire to engage in these types of activities in the future. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, that's correct. When you're going through the workshop, you don't know much about geodesign. You might have viewed the first couple of lectures on geodesign in module one. But once you do the workshop and you progress to future weeks, you connect that, oh, that's what I experienced in the workshop. And this is why we do that. Or this is the prep work that we do so that this can take place. And that's what happened in the workshop. It's being able to reference the workshop as an end deliverable as a geodesign facilitator and seeing how everything works together and different approaches to geodesign can be implemented based off what you know from your experience in in module one. So it really, we believe, provides clarity on future concepts because they now have experience that they can tie to the definitions, terms, and approaches that are described in a textbook or in a lecture. Well, that's a really good time to jump over to the Immersive Experience Design Team, who's also with us today. When you first learned about the workshop and the geodesign course and and how the instructional team was looking for creating some type of experience to set the students up for the type of success that Jonathan described. This experience was initially built in a program called Muzzy Lane, which was a very simple, straightforward, you know, two-dimensional decision tree type experience, which was fantastic. And there was a lot of work that went into creating the decision trees and the scripts, you know, hours and hours and hours of work time. But it didn't necessarily bring in, like Jonathan mentioned, the intensity of collaboration and what it's like to work with the different community stakeholders. Again, it was very two-dimensional. It had a very standard script. While there was a decision tree, there weren't many options for reacting maybe emotionally or kind of reacting in the moment everything was kind of fed to you. So that's absolutely one of the elements that was brought into this new version of the workshop. So let's start there then. When when you meet with instructional designers or faculty that are looking to kind of avoid some of those square pegs or some of the, the very traditional tools that we tend to use or that are already available in Canvas, what were you all looking to do with this workshop experience specifically to bring it to life? 
So this project was unique because you all did come to us with such a great structure and framework for the experience. So our job was largely to just bring to life what was already there. We always like to start with the actual learning objectives for the experience. These are educational experiences. So if the students don't get the learning objective, then we're doing our job wrong. So uh, when we did hear the emphasis of this experience was around collaboration and problem solving and, and the emotional nature of a workshop, we knew we really wanted to lean into those elements. It's not so much about the actual vocabulary or the terms. It's about that feeling the students get in the experience. So a lot of the work that we did was around really trying to evoke that feeling. A few of the things we did along those lines, we wanted to bring the stakeholders you're working with to life. Originally in the Muzzyland experience, they're 2D little avatars who are sending you text messages. It's largely a text-based experience. So with this new version, we did bring out full 3D animated models who are blinking at you and looking at you and talking to you and giving get, you side eye. Yes, yes. Side they're, eye. they're getting emotional as you make decisions if you if they're not decisions that they like. So that was one of the first things that we did to make this experience a lot more personal. And maybe Kendall can speak to some of the updates we made around the design reflecting real GIS tools. Yeah, definitely. Even though the instructional designers initially did the best they could with the tool Muzzy Lane, there is still just a lot of limitations in how students are accessing the maps in the experience, which is a critical piece of the simulation. So one huge update that this new workshop experience has is it actually leverages a map box SDK. So there's a fully interactive map of the city of Orion in the experience that students have agency to zoom in and out of. We can layer data on top of it, the different bike paths in the experience, as well as the land use data. So that was a huge upgrade just from the start for the actual experience of the student is centering the experience on the map of the city of Orion. Another really impactful thing we've done in this experience is the addition of sound. Audio makes a huge difference in an experience and so Something that was so interesting from an initial design session that we had with the faculty is they said they want to evoke feelings of tension because these workshops, when you're collaborating with other people, it's not always going to run smoothly. You have to learn to compromise and empathize and hear other sides of stories. So it was a really interesting design challenge of how do we evoke tension in an asynchronous experience that students may want to just blindly click through? How do we keep them emotionally engaged? And things like the animated characters and sound design, all of these play a role in keeping the students engaged and feeling like they're actually collaborating with other people, even though it's essentially a simulation and a game with non-playable characters involved. And going back to the idea of the learning objectives, that the learning objectives were to set the students up for what collaborations might look like or workshops like this might look like in the future of their careers or in other courses that they take and even further along in this course. But the importance of what you all added, the sound, the maps, the emotion, like when we were knee deep in developing the content, I swear to goodness, there were times where I was like, this this could not be important. And this, it's not important. We need to focus on the vocabulary. I mean, as the instructional designer, we purposefully pushed those themes. But when the objective is to get the experience, you just would not reach those objectives if you did not have all of the things that the immersive design team added. Like you said, the, the sound and all the interactions. And it heightened the experience 100%. And in hindsight, and having seen the finished product at this point, I'm just like, 
these guys are geniuses. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to just make the initial kind of user experience improvements, like let's have a working map where you're not flipping between tabs and split up the dialogue and make things easier to read. But then you bring all of those details together, the little design things like the characters and the audio and the way that we've added additional content to the story. All of those things make such a huge difference. And just for me personally, as a designer, I've learned so much working on this project about how you make those choices and implement those details to transform an experience and create something immersive and engaging. I also just want to add, I I absolutely love hearing that from your perspective, because that's what we wanted to do for the IDs. We know that, especially with online education, technology is evolving so fast. And this, the experiences that students are used to and want and are going to continue to want going forward are always changing. And I don't think it's fair for us to expect our IDs to be experts of a new realm or new industry every couple of months. So I'm, I'm so happy and I'm glad that we can take this area and make it something where now the IDs don't have to worry about it. I mean, obviously we want you to be concerned. We want to make sure we're we're hitting those learning objectives, but I'm glad that you trusted us enough in this space and that brought us to a point where we could use our expertise and your expertise and really make something together that I don't think would have existed beforehand. And we really hope that that continues to happen, especially as technology gets more advanced, these experiences become more complicated and we have more courses on ASU online. So. Right, right. And that's a credit to kind of, I don't know if the right word is the overall hierarchy at Ed Plus, but creating your department, making sure that your department is funded and staffed and has all of their research needs met so that more courses can have these experiences. This is just one of the first ones. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we can expect to see many more of these types of experiences built for ASU online courses. Courses, correct? That is absolutely correct. That is the goal for this team. We hope to eventually be in all ASU online courses. I know that's a lofty goal. We may not hit till 2050. Uh, but yes, absolutely. That is You're young, goal. Orion. Oh, thank you. I, thank you. I also just wanted to add that this collaboration is also like truly so much gratitude towards Jonathan and Dean Libby Wentz and the faculty. Since this was originally their idea, we could not have come up with something like this on our own. And it's really inspiring that they had the passion and the vision to create something like this for online students. Um, that just really blew the experience out of the water for me. So originally, you know, Dean Wentz and I, we saw a, it's called The Lab, and it's basically video for training or like an interactive video for training how to not be, you know, an academic fraud and how to report misconduct in in a laboratory to make sure that results are consistent. And when we saw that, we were like, we want to recreate something like that for the geodesign class for the workshop. And what we ended up creating was a 1980s text-based adventure (laughs) in Muzzy Lane. And then, you know, this team brought it to that level of what we had envisioned and, you know, we couldn't be happier with, you know, what what, what, what this whole team has done um, to make it happen. But, it, yeah, you know, we, we were in 1980s and you brought us to 2020 with our <laughs> with our, uh, you know, experience uh, technology wise. So it's been it's been amazing to see how it's developed. I, I'm so happy to hear that. I think I'm seeing something here as we're all talking about this particular subject is 
all of these parties were needed to make this game successful. We needed the passion and the dedication from the faculty. Thank you, Jonathan. And we needed the organization uh, and the actual planning and accountability that the IDs provide. And then we also need the, the UX expertise and these gamification skill sets that we brought. It really was something neither one of us could have done on our own. And I think that is also one of the things we learned a lot about this is even if we wanted to, we can't do these things on our own. Mm-hmm. You, you have to be deeply integrated with, with the IDs and the faculty. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect example of the symbiotic relationships of all of the departments. It takes kind of maybe finishing up a project to, to see how everything really came together appropriately. And you said it perfect. You know, the vision and need of the instructional team, the instructors themselves who see this need for their students, and then the IDs that can say, okay, these are the objectives that we really want to build and experience around. And then, of course, just the technological capabilities of the design team, the programmers, the developers, because it's not just, you know, those who are sitting around the table today. There's there's people plugging numbers and coding and doing things that, you know, I wish I should have studied in college, <laughs> but I took PowerPoint classes. It's been that long. So, yeah, this, this course is a great example and hopefully a really wonderful starting off point for the future projects to come. Given that discussion about the original, not 1980s, I mean, maybe a little bit of Oregon Trail in there, but... There were static maps, so that was a bump up mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. <laughs> that time. Since you've seen the original experience run in a couple of classes, what are your hopes for the students this fall? And what are you expecting to see? The biggest challenge with the previous iteration of this was that you didn't have the emotion you didn't have the comfort, a lot of the, the touches that we talked about. But what's different now is that just going through it myself, before you could be done going through this experience within two minutes, this makes you want to explore and interact. And you might be in this gamification experience for the workshop for a half hour going through the different options. Whereas before, like you students might just wanted to get it done, where this is a very enjoyable, immersive experience that really draws you in and, you know, makes you want to explore what's going on. And, you know, as as someone who had a large hand in writing the original script, and I knew the options and <laughs> created a lot of the original <laughs> options, I was pulled in and wanted to know what happened next. So it's like what, what the team has done to make it something that you want to know more, you want to see how other people are interacting, you want to see how your decisions are impacting the room at large and how you can help the greatest amount of people based off of the values that you have. It's really special compared to the others. Not to say that the other one didn't allow students to think about geodesign and get some experience, but this is much closer to what our original vision and really hits our original vision of what we wanted the the online asynchronous experience to be for our students. Because that's really the challenge is that we're not meeting over Zoom. We're not meeting in person. This is an immersive experience that's done at any time, at any place, all over the world, and they're still getting that immersion and still getting that experience, which is an incredible challenge, you know, for this medium. And I think it's knocked out of the park in what we envisioned. If you don't mind, do you want to full screen and let Jonathan play through? Yeah, there you go. You can click through whatever. Okay. I like the music. Is that music in the app? Yeah, yes. that's that is nice. the experience. That's yes. nice. I, I'm trying to hold back so much. Like, yeah. I, I don't want when you're when you're arguing with people. You'll see. You'll uh, see. We, we don't want to ruin any of the surprises. Yeah. So, 
Oh, I like the characters. Oh, that yeah, that's great. Well, and that was one of the main goals of this upgrade, wasn't yeah. it, to start integrating more lifelike yeah. characters and reactions yeah. and comments. To actually and feel like you're interacting with other people. That was the, the learning objective, not so much learning like vocabulary or specific terms, but like getting a sense of the feeling of working with other real stakeholders who maybe don't have the same opinion as you. So uh, I'm glad that emotion in those characters I've, are coming to life in this new version. I assume this one was loosely (laughs) (laughs) prior to uh, pandemic. You may see some personal reflection in the avatars from our star, Christine. (laughs) 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 It's great, Christine. We seriously love it. (laughs) Yeah, we love it. And it's especially great when the other stakeholders come in and they all have a different voice. It like mm. brings it all to There's life. All the character the voice lines, more so than the animated characters, I think bring these stakeholders to life. Uh, there's mm-hmm. such attitude and personality there. That's you talking, not you talking. Did you see yeah. this? And see, all of this is the same content that I think you guys initially wrote for the Muzzy Lane, but now it's, it's just broken like, out. Those PDF maps were it. so dead. Yeah. yeah. They were lifeless. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it was still something, but it's mm-hmm. not this. Yeah, no, we're so excited that we can actually mimic what real GIS tools look like. The mm-hmm. fact that you're actually working with real geospatial data, it's like, it feels like such a next step for for the experience Mm -hmm. yeah and then also just having the agency to zoom in and out toggle your land use data on and off instead of flipping in between images so i don't know if you saw but you can you kind of can put yourself in the frame of mind of are you going to represent your community are you going to come in with an open mind or are you going to represent with open so you set the parameters before you get into the well you kind of you set yourself Mm -hmm. like and put your mindset and how you're coming into it because Mm -hmm. The position that you take is not popular for students as a uh, citizen, you know, concerned mm-hmm. citizen. But for someone who owns a home, it's a very popular, like right. in the area, it's a very popular opinion. So it's it's really trying to transform your mindset. Uh, something I want to call it, too, is in the top left corner, as you make decisions, the emotions of your stakeholders are also reacting. So that first decision is also kind of your first impression to the people you're working with. So before they had no mm-hmm. real emotion towards you, but now you can see everyone's kind of neutral yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves what you did but yeah. everyone else is a little hesitant Great job, and i think that's key for the students is mm-hmm. like instead of running through it they have to know who these people are mm-hmm. to judge their to to know their reaction because yeah. that's what you do in a workshop too you introduce yourself you find mm-hmm. out who everyone is and then you know yeah. who you have to work with yeah you can actually click on any one of those stakeholders avatar in the left hand side as mm-hmm. well and you get even more detail about what their goals for the workshop are, what their interests are. And their reactions will update as well. Yeah, we have different animations for each character where they look really upset or really happy, (laughs) and they're dynamically loading based off of their Mm -hmm. emotion at the time. Yeah, the best part is when they start arguing with you. They they give you their angry face. (laughs) Oh yeah, I still see... Libby's a little upset about that one. <laughs> Terry's not happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I don't know if this is your first time seeing it, but this is one of our agitator characters who okay. kind of just expressed frustration with the choice you've made. And you have to figure out how you're going to handle that with that particular <laughs> citizen. Uh, and the response you have here will obviously affect how the stakeholders feel about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
this game is very close to what you would experience in a geodesign workshop. And, you know, aside from being in there and, you know, the the sounds, the the arguments, this comes very close with the tension that you can feel, the excitement, the negotiations, the alternate proposals. So this is a good introduction to what it feels like when you're a participant that would will be a good foundation for when you learn the core concepts and the behind the scenes um, work of a geodesign workshop. So what kinds of words or phrases are you hoping to see in those course evaluations? Well, life changing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. My world changed after I took this course and I want to be an urban planner or I want to be in geospatial technologies because we have, you know, a very basic requirements. But a lot of times we waive that. And many times more than half the class is not an urban planning major or is not a geography major. They're really coming from all over the university to take this course. And each time we've had it, we've had over 100 students in the undergrad and usually 20 to 50 in the graduate, which is a massive graduate course so that we have not only people that are in our own major that are very familiar with some of the core concepts that, you know, are explored in our field that, you know, a good foundation for going to people that have never had an urban planning course or never had a geography course or never had a GIS course are being introduced to these concepts. And, you know, there are a lot of people that want to take additional courses after experiencing this course and this workshop and seeing what it's about. So that's what we really like to see is that this changed my plans for my future career. That should be all of our, that, you know, that should yes. be well, yes. a goal for, for all of us to impact students yeah. enough to want to make change. And you mentioned Dean Wentz. So Dean Wentz, um, t- she teaches the, the graduate version of the course. Is there anything that you want to say about the difference between the undergraduate courses and the graduate course or that course of study in general? If they didn't take the 451 class, what types of students might take the 551 class? So the there are additional assignments that are appropriate for graduate students that are in the 551 course, but it's the same target for it. You don't have to take the 451 to take the 551 and be successful. We recommend if you're a grad student and you're in urban planning, geography, or another field and you want to learn about geodesign, take the 551 course. If you're an undergrad student and you want, to, you want the same desire, take the 451 course. Now, we do have a second second course that is a practicum where you take the theory that you learned and the experience that you learned in the workshop and do an applied project, but that's for both students to matriculate from 451 and 551 in that course. So otherwise, they're standalone courses that that have the same learning objectives, um, 551 and 451. So do you get students maybe from Delhi Web or from the, the HUD programs that will cross over and take a course like this? We do. And historically, this is a collaborative course that's supposed to have been offered to, I believe, University of New South Wales and King's College. So it's it's not just different satellite campuses within ASU. It's also students that could potentially be from those universities as well taking the course or, you know, they, they use lectures or similar resources. We're going global. <laughs> Absolutely. I just wanted to mention, I believe that is through the Plus Alliance yes. initiative as well. That, so that's if, the name of it. Yeah, Plus if you're Alliance. looking for that, Plus Alliance. Okay. <laughs> Students from the Plus Alliance. Yeah, there There's a sound bite. Yeah. Or, or yeah. I, or I. Yeah. <laughs> Plus Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So how long have you been teaching this course? So we have offered the geodesign and urban planning course since fall of 2018. And the workshop experience was through Muzzy Lane. And when we first offered it, we were happy. Like it was different from what has been offered traditionally in urban planning or geography courses or many online courses. It was a step above what we have seen in many online courses, the traditional um, offerings. But our, our original was to have live action actors talking through and having a real live experience. So Dean Wentz, you know, said it's like, we like Muzzy Lane, but we can do better. And then that got the ball rolling into pursuing other ways to make this a truly immersive experience for our online students. And then I, I think that's where our team got involved. I know our first interaction with geodesign was through a Slack in the general channel uh, from Joe Benfield, the original ID on this project, kind of just asking, hey, does anyone know anything about gamification here at Ed Plus? We were a very new team at that time. Just for a little background for everybody, the immersive experience design team is actually a new vertical on the larger UX team. We had just officially made that change. So we were now immersive, kind of looking for opportunities to expand the team. And this seemed like the perfect opportunity. So we reached out to Joe. We had a few further conversations around what is geodesign, what we're looking to do. And after we talked, it seemed like a perfect match. And I feel like Right after we had that meeting, we kind of hit the ground running. And before I knew it, we were doing weekly stand-ups and talking about all the changes we want to make. And it feels like we've been working on that ever since. It's so true. The stars aligned mm-hmm. that month uh, when, you know, a, an instructor was looking for it. The ID was interested in it. And then your department just happened to be, you know, available and ready to go. Yes. We really jumped into this right from the beginning. And yeah, everything just came together really nicely. Mm-hmm. It's one of the but it's one of those things like not all projects come together that quickly. And the way that the team worked together, because we spent many hours going over little tiny details. Mm-hmm. And again, everything fell into place, the personality, the desire, the creative intentions with the actual instructional materials. Um, it just came together really nicely. Absolutely. What I also love about this project for our team is with immersive technology, people immediately think about virtual reality or augmented reality, which our team does do. Or something in a very standard game format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this project really proves that you can make immersive experiences and engage students in a 2D format that's delivered through desktop, which is scalable and accessible to students around the world. And so I think this is a great piece just for our team's portfolio in a sense of showing we don't need to maybe invest in a VR experience. We can create immersive content in an accessible and scalable way, even if it's just delivered through a computer. And I actually, if you don't mind, I want to touch on that. I'm going to pull the curtain back slightly. So this is our first official launch where this experience is a part of the course for credit. However, there was a previous version of GeoDesign that we originally designed to be a mobile application. So we had an Android application and an iOS application. And the goal of this was to bring augmented reality uh, functionality to this experience, which was really cool and was really exciting. But after building the experience and testing it, we saw that it 
did in this particular use case create a barrier of entry. You had to go from Canvas to the app. Some phones weren't completely updated. And we saw, okay, people like these experiences. They want to engage with them, but we need to make it easier for students to get to it. So that was one of the larger decisions we made going into the newer phase of this project of how do we bring this to desktop and how can we make this more accessible for students? So now it is just one button click in Canvas. The experience opens in a new tab and it can be full screened to feel like a full-on game experience. So that was a really big lesson we learned as well. Sometimes a bigger, shinier thing isn't the best way of delivering the experience for the students. And that's kind of the ongoing battle, right? What's available in education and education's desire to integrate technology. Because if we went to the level of VR, it opens up a whole Pandora's box of materials, technology, access, internet speed. Headset. The headsets, yep, and and all of the bells and whistles that go along with that. So Mm -hmm. if all of your students can access it through one click, you know, education's probably going to oftentimes default to that type of experience. It doesn't mean that the other experiences Mm -hmm. aren't possible because they're coming down the road. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want to throw that in there too. There's a time and place for everything. We We love VR. We love VR. We want to make more VR. There's a ton of fantastic VR initiatives around the university like Dreamscape and many others. So we understand the potential for VR, but we, we also see the immersive gamified realm to be very large. Uh, and we, we know that these 2D accessible online experiences need to be a part of that as well. But if you have fun, interesting VR ideas, please bring them yes, to us. I so. do. Oh, well, I do. well you know, <laughs> I'm, I am VR all the time. Yeah. <laughs> IDs I if you're listening. One. Yeah, yeah. I do have one for you. So Mary, how was your immersive experience? I think it's pretty cool. I like that it's really storytelling, uh, storytelling, <laughs> <laughs> storytelling. I like that it's really storytelling mm-hmm. driven, right? So it's based on a story. There are specific outcomes you're looking for. But I also like that it's flexible and you get to make some choices because it makes it far more right. interactive and connective. I liked that I got to choose my own avatar. I got to name mm-hmm. myself. That was pretty fun. And the characters definitely look better than the characters looked mm-hmm. in Muzzy Lane. Mm-hmm. So no offense, Muzzy Lane's probably a great tool for those who do not have an immersive experience design mm-hmm. team like we do, but we're yeah. very lucky, very blessed with our IXD team at, at yeah. Plus. The key with this game and with the design is that with GeoDesign, you want people to be able to interact with geographic data. You want people to interact with other people, and you want people to be able to understand their environment and understand the constraints of the environment and look and interact with different plans. And this game, you can dive deep into the map. You can turn on different data. You can see how it interacts, how the plans overlap and interact with each other. And it really helps you understand your study area. And that's exactly the goal of GeoDesign design and so even like if it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that you'd like to see in the most modern video game it's perfect for what was needed for this approach which is being able to interact with data and be able to interact with people Mm -hmm. and i think that's like what speaks to a true mature designer is being able to choose what's the most appropriate modality for the goals of our stakeholders or the faculty or the students and the IDs is what makes the most sense for this experience, not just what's the flashiest technology available. Great point. Great point. So we kind of have an idea of how this core story ends for students, right? The major goal is hopefully it'll impact their interest and course of study within urban planning. But what's next for geodesign? So 
as you know, many of these students don't come from the School of Geographical Sciences and Urban Planning. They're from all over the school at ASU. And many of them might not, you know, change degrees. They might not come into the school. But we want them to be aware of these processes, of these approach, of these methods, so that when they're going out in their own professional careers, whether it's business, whether it's real estate development, or they're doing environmental sciences, that they understand that there are ways to incorporate their profession in these approaches in designing for future sustainable, resilient cities and communities. And in regards to the next step for geodesign, um, we do have a practicum course that students can implement a geodesign workshop collaboratively with, with other students and get more of the applied side of the geodesign learning methods, um, as opposed to most of the theoretical that are introduced in the first um, course. You know, students learn to work together collaboratively, learn interdisciplinary approaches. And one of the main themes within this course is to be able to have a heart, have a desire to make community-based decisions, to have greater equity in decision-making in communities. That's a wonderful outlook for the geodesign urban planning students. What about what's next for the immersive experience design team over at EdPlus? Yeah, so I will say, even though the experience has been designed, developed, it's up and running in Canvas. Our work's not done yet on the workshop. Uh, We're actually entering into a post-launch research phase where we'll be conducting a post-qualitative survey, collecting information from the students. We're also going to be running a pre- and post-attitudinal test to kind of assess what the students are learning from this type of experience. So as as great as we all feel about the experience, we want to validate all of that with real data from real students. So uh, really excited to enter into that research phase. So outside of this particular course, how might other faculty who have been inspired by today's podcast, how might they go about getting in touch with you or starting to explore these types of experiences for their own courses? That's a great question, Christine. So we are absolutely looking for new ideas and existing experiences that want to be uh, redesigned from IDs and faculty. If you have those ideas and you're looking to start this process, we are working on an official marketing form that you can use to submit those ideas. However, right now, your best course of action would be to email me, Orion, at orion at asu.edu. That's spelled A-U-R-Y-A-N at asu.edu. And we can absolutely get the ball rolling in terms of figuring out what the best course of action would be for building out those new immersive experiences. Yeah, we would absolutely love to hear from faculty or instructional designers because we obviously aren't subject matter experts on every course that ASU offers. And so these really great experiences like geodesign come from the spark of an idea from a faculty member and they really know where the opportunities lie. So we would love to hear what other ideas are out there. Also, nervous faculty, feel free to reach out through your instructional designers. That is another great way to get in contact with us as well. Thank you, everyone, for being here today and sharing your ideas and your experiences with the workshop and the Geodesign and Urban Planning course. Before we head out, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners, maybe where they can find some of your work or something that's upcoming from the department? Uh, Absolutely. So if you're interested in geodesign case studies and kind of the more in-depth process, but don't want to necessarily take the course, Dr. Wentz and myself do have several publications, one from 2020 in Landscape and Urban Planning and another in the Journal of the American Planning Association. We also have a planning magazine article that explore these case studies and the links to these articles will be provided below. And also there are many really exciting courses offered 
in the School of Geographical Sciences and Urban Planning. And we highly encourage you to check out what can fit within your degree path or pursuing a minor in one of our focus areas as well. And if you're looking for entryway into those types of studies, the link for the workshop experience will be uh, in the description below. So feel free to try that out and uh, test your hand at an actual workshop experience. I think we too should um, give a little shout out to Dr. Elizabeth Wentz, who is the vice provost and dean um, and also a professor in the School of Geographical Sciences and Urban Planning. She was a big part of the inception of this project and a big part of Jonathan's work, I'm, I'm sure. And we mentioned her a lot today, so Absolutely. we'll give a, a big shout out to we know her as Libby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so will the game players. Yes. Absolutely. Libby appears in the experience. She's the star of the show. Absolutely. Played by? Yours truly. Yes. (laughs) All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Immersive design is awesome. It allows you to do lots of cool things. Well, first we got to go, wow, what a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) The standard. (gasps) Well, howdy. (laughs) No, but truly, this is really cool. What a neat experience for not only our students, Mm -hmm. but also our design team. Mm -hmm. And for our instructors to have an opportunity to work with the Immersive Experience Design Team at Ed+. I do hope that we see them create even more opportunities for this to occur in our ASU online courses, specifically astronomy, just saying, throwing it out there. (laughs) (laughs) I know that a lot of you listeners will be really excited about, you know, maybe applying this to your own course and uh and as orion shared his contact information uh we'll also include that in the show notes for you to uh reach out to the team and be aware that it takes a lot of planning absolutely as all things do for the online courses so make sure you have your uh instructional designer cc'd on that ducks in a row t's crossed Mm -hmm. i's dotted all of it Mm -hmm. here's the real question mary are we in a simulation i think maybe Mm -hmm. right like is this it? I don't know. I guess we'll find out on the next episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the stunning conclusion. <laughs> Stay tuned. No, we won't find that out. We'll never find it out until we pass. But don't pass too soon. You're in the simulation for a reason. Because the season's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably not go we that We got a few deep. more of the episodes <laughs> of this season. <sighs> All right. Bye. Bye. Course Stories is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach us at coursestories at asu.edu. Course Stories is produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team at EdPlus at Arizona State University. If you're an instructor at ASU Online, tell us your course story and we may feature it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. And there's a geography of wine course. Too. Oh, so oh, oh my gosh. Do you guys, do you need an immersive experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>